Becky, look at her banner. It's beauty, bitch. Warning, this show contains adult content, strong language, mature themes, discussions of sexuality, politics, triggers, and <gasps> feminism. Listener discretion and or earphones are advised. Hey, welcome to Bitchstory, the podcast about badass women in history that were left out of the history books. I am Kelly McLean, corporate escapee, professional astrologer, doctress of bitchology, and feminist. Impressive. That gets longer every week. I know. It is impressive, right? I have also recently updated my CV to reflect that I have now successfully moved two children through educational milestones. And I'm also a law bitch now because I watched the Depp Heard trial with Emily D. Baker, so I'm officially smarter than I was before. How is that even possible? Come on. No idea. But for your own safety, stand back. Perhaps wear safety goggles. I wouldn't want to blind you with my gleaming intellect. Bling! <laughs> gleaming. <laughs> okay, I'm Smarty Pants Lisa. I have a degree in history that I don't get to use. So, I make you guys listen to me every other week. Thank you for listening, subscribing, sharing, reviewing. We need your help to grow this podcast so that all of the unsung lady heroes, sheroes, if you will, can come out of the shadows. Sheroes. Yes. Come out of the shadows, bitches. Yes. <laughs> and you can email us at heybitches at bitchstory.net because that's the cutest email address in the whole world. Quite proud of it. It makes me laugh every time. I know. Hey, bitches at bitchstory.net. And you can also visit anchor.fm forward slash bitchstory. And if you feel inspired, you can click the support button. We're always open for sponsorships so that we can do chatty commercials. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll happily chat for your business. Let us know. Yes. So, um, how are you? Oh, you know, it's been a week. Mercury's going direct, as you let me know. So, yes. <laughs> We're recording this on the 3rd of June, and today Mercury is stationing direct, which is always the wonkiest of the days. The day that Mercury stations to go retrograde or stations to go direct is always the day that it's like, in theory, it's not, it's an optical illusion, um, standing still. So it's just the the wonkiest, fuckityest of the whole Mercury retrograde time. So fuckityest is... Um, a very technical sciencey term for astrology people like myself. Um, there is fuckery afoot, my friends. Yes. So anyway, yeah, uh, Mercury retrograde, and then ugh, what a time to be alive, Lisa! What a time to be alive. <sighs> Should we do some current events? <laughs> I feel like current events is exhausting. <laughs> Current, we used to have events, events is everyday life. Yeah. The past couple of years have been exhausting, but sure, yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, current events sucks and makes me need antidepressants. And when we read through them in summary like this, all clumped together in factoid sentences, it um, makes me wish that I had a stomach for like whiskey or bourbon or something that drinky people drink. You know what I mean? Like in the movies, they're like, I need a whiskey. Yeah, I have whiskey, but I also need a Xanax to talk about this stuff sometimes. No, no kidding. I mean, my um, 
We're going to pick a Britney every week. I guess, did we decide that? <laughs> we don't have any Britney Spears news. Oh, yeah. Well, so, you know, I love to talk about Britney Spears, and there's really nothing to talk about right now. She hasn't posted anything. She has posted things. It doesn't make any sense, and I have no idea what it means. So I have no Britney, Britney Spears updates. But you possibly have a Britney Grimes update? Well, the update is there's not much of an update, which is unfortunate. Uh, Brittany Grimes, for those of you who don't All the know, is WNBA player who, um, you know, with the WNBA, when those girls aren't in season, sometimes they play for um, international teams, mm-hmm. um, you know, women's teams overseas or whatever. And she was overseas in and traveling in Russia, and she got caught with um, hash. Was, yeah, it was hash in her vape, which I agree was dumb. Mm-hmm. But since then, which I think it was been like four months now, it's been forever. Um, they've yeah. been detaining her in Russia. And originally they said, you know, we're not going to make a big deal of the Brittany Grimes thing because we don't want, you know, Russia to be able to use her like a token, mm-hmm. like a bargaining, bargaining chip, which I guess kind of made sense. But good Lord. <laughs> How long is she expected to stay over there? They said they just the only update that they had this week was that she was able to they let her send out some emails to her teammates and you know she seemed to be doing well or whatever. Um, but I don't know. I agree she did sort of a you know that was a bad choice. But if she wasn't a young lady, a queer young lady of color, would she still be there? And would there be more noise being made? Yeah, but it's it's concerning to me. So okay. I have questions. Did this happen before the invasion of Ukraine? Right before. Yeah, that sucks. She was just in the wrong place. And I mean, I don't know. If I am a queer person of color, I feel like I would be nervous being in Russia anyway. I mean, I am nervous to maybe try to take gummies to Hawaii so that I can, you know, happy happy um i can't imagine traveling with hash internationally that's just really silly Mm. but i should have breaking bad methods i've schooled you in the ways of the breaking bad methods i know i thought about it but i'm still kind of a a, no i agree it's it's about it um so anyway i just it's very concerning to me that she's in russia and i just i don't really understand I don't know. It's it's very unfortunate. So is she married? She is married. Okay. Sue Bird, another another uh, basketball player. Who is not there with her? Is not there with her. No. She plays on a Sue plays on a different team, I believe. Okay. Man, that. And so was not was not anywhere in that area during the time, and it was just the team was traveling back, and she got caught with that, so she got detained, and then they didn't. They didn't let her talk to anybody for a really long time, and then eventually right. sort of let her talk to her um, some a representative from. I guess it was I don't know if it was an ambassador or somebody from the UN or something. It was some, some political person. They let her talk to that person, and just recently last week they let her talk to you know send out a few emails to her family and teammates and stuff. Right. But as of now, there's just no plans on when she's getting out, how long she's going to be there. What they're even, you know, is she in prison? Is she, I mean, I'm sure she, you know, like, do they have her in a, you know, 
detainee camp? Is she like in a prison? Is she like I know being detained somewhere private? We don't know. Like get on with it. If there's going to be some sort of hearing or, or I don't know, I guess they're too yeah. busy invading a sovereign country to figure it out. My cat apparently had something to say about it. Oh, did you have some feelings about LGBTQ issues, Kelly? Oh, okay. All right. You heard it. You heard it here. First. Allies we can get. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. So anyway, that sucks. Um, also in massive sucky news, uh, since we last recorded um, the, well, gosh, there's been like three or four shootings since we last recorded. So there was the um, Buffalo massacre. Um, then there was, yeah, then there was um, Uvalde. And then was it yesterday? There was, I didn't get the details on this one. Um, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, somewhere. In the hospital. The hospital. Um, Pat told me that the person was like upset with their doctor or something. Yeah, they just went into, they, and they, one of the person's people that died, I know, was, was a physician. Ugh, um, but they just went in there, you know, shooting wildly, like as people do. I mean, listen, motherfucker, we're all pretty disgusted with our healthcare system, but I don't think that's the answer. Yeah. Hello. Not the, well, and probably I'm guessing a, I don't want to say victim, but somebody who's not being served well by the healthcare system is somebody who goes into a hospital with a gun. Right. Um, and for the party who, this is my, you know, hypocritical feature of the week. <laughs> For yeah. the party that is so focused on, this is a mental health issue. Oh, God. All of a sudden. Okay. Excuse me while I bust out my soapbox and interrupt you. <laughs> Go ahead. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, the fucking right is all about, it's a mental health issue. Really? The rest of the fucking world isn't having the same mental health issue. And since when do you motherfuckers care about mental health? I'm sorry. Yeah, what? Exactly. You don't care about anybody's health. You don't care about a healthcare system. You don't care about protecting children unless they're unborn and they can't. Oh my God. It's just like the hypocrisy is real thick. Right. The thing, the think of the children and the, and it's all a mental health issue party has Defined. voted constantly against protecting children and constantly against funding mental health right. um, help for people. Um, I have, I have a friend here in Colorado who it, he runs a foundation that help, helps homeless people. And he is like on a, on a lot of boards or people trying to figure out how, cause we have a lot of, we actually do have a lot of homeless people in Colorado. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, a lot of time, and he's, his thing is like where we're going wrong is that we spend all this money on housing, building houses for them or whatever, which is nice, but it all it helps a very small amount because then it's like, you can stay there, but you got to follow these rules, no drugs, no yeah. drinking, no this, and that, which they do yeah. for safety. But on the other hand, if people could follow those rules, many of them wouldn't be homeless. Like that's the whole reason they're exactly. homeless. So it's like you build them these nice houses and then you set them up to fail by saying, okay, well, you know, you can stay here, but you got to quit doing the things that made you homeless. Okay, well, <laughs> well <laughs> I would be homeless if I could quit doing that. A lot of times the the homeless shelters um, are religiously affiliated and a lot of, you know, homeless people object to that. They don't want to get all holy roller just to get off the streets. And um, Plus, if you're gay, not a... <laughs> oh, my God. Seriously. Yeah. I, uh, I wrote this rant on somebody's post 
recently. So I'm going to read this. It was the post was a very, 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 very long list of all the school shootings, all the school shootings since 1998. And OK, so I'm looking at my phone right now and it's it starts with 1998 Thurston High School. I don't remember that. Um, and I'm scrolling, scrolling. And I mean a healthy Wheel of Fortune spin scroll, scrolling, scrolling. Oh, we're finally to the end. So, you know, there's all these people in the comments about gun control laws are only going to hurt law-abiding citizens. I mean, for fuck's sake, we're not taking all of your guns. Nobody wants all your stupid guns. All people want is some sort of reasonable gun control. Like, you don't need an AR-15. And if you need an AR-15 to hunt deer, then you should go back to hunting school because that's stupid. But... um. Well, go ahead. Here's what I wrote, and this is why I have no friends on Facebook anymore. It's very convenient for the right wing to take up interest in mental health all of a sudden. Pretty sure people have been trying to work on that for quite some time. It's hard to afford regular medical care in this country. Mental health care is extremely lacking. All the members of Senate should have to use ordinary people's medical care for a few months, and they should be required to have therapy just to see how insufficient it is. Furthermore, fetuses are apparently of the utmost importance, but does a woman get any time off? Yeah, sure, six whole weeks in the richest country in the world. Do the mother and the baby get health care? Meh. Do we care if they can eat, drink formula? Nah. Just let those silly whores whip a titty out. Seems simple. Does she have time to whip it out at a decent place when she's at work, when she's six weeks postpartum? Nope. Child care? Hell no, that's her problem. She should have thought of that beforehand, right? Because I'm sure the sperm sperm donor did. After a few months, I wonder how her mental health will be. Will anyone check or ask? Nope. They're busy protecting the pre-born. Fuck the already born and the struggling. Don't touch my taxes. Don't touch my gun. Let's look at the mental health of the boys with their assault rifles. That seems noble. This country does not care about women or children or the elderly or the homeless or the sick or the brown, black, and indigenous. Do we know what that leaves? A whole bunch of Mitch McConnells and Ted Cruz's and Kevin McCarthy's and Elon Musk's. But sure, let's talk about mental health. That got a whopping one like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, this country. (laughs) I am part of the reason people hate Facebook, but. Most of the time, like, I mean, 85% of the time, I I abstain from making ranty comments, but sometimes I just cannot. So. Spot on. All of it was spot on. It's, um, it's tragic and gross, and I have so much emotional fatigue that I just can't even talk too much about it because we've all heard about it, and by the time you listen to this, it's, you know, several weeks past, and we're all just broken, so. Um, I agree. I agree. I don't, um, well, and I don't understand the argument about, you know, if you, you know, gun laws aren't going to help. I don't get it either. They're going to help the bad guys. But it's like, okay, but why would you make a law about anything? Right. I mean, a law doesn't prevent me from driving 60 in a school zone. I can, you know, when the kids are getting out of school, I can, there's a school right down the street. I can blaze down there at 60 miles an hour. If mm-hmm. I want to, did the law doesn't stop me, but at the same time, shouldn't we, we should have that law because if I get caught, then I won't be driving anywhere, which I shouldn't be. By the same token, why have laws about abortion then? Because it's not going to stop abortion. Right. No, it's not. It's only going to stop safe abortions. 
But especially like in Uvalde, you know, there's so much talk about, well, the cops just stood outside doing nothing. Okay, but they're outgunned. Like they, they've got, you know, nine millimeters or, you know, whatever. They have Glocks probably. Yeah. Whatever they were issued. They're not going to go in there and, you know, shoot out, shoot it out with an AR-15. But it's like, okay, but then why does that person have that? Like exactly. our, our, our police should not be outgunned by anyone. Criminal, 100%. you know, like you don't need a military style rifle mm-hmm. for unless well, you're in the military. Yeah, no, my, my husband is a combat veteran, as I've probably said a nauseating number of times, cause I'm very proud, but you know, we were talking about it and, um, he's like, you know, those types of weapons have one purpose and they belong in one place in the military. No right. one outside the military needs to have a weapon that fires that many rounds per second. Well, and I have a firearm. I, you know, it sits, it sits there just in case anybody wants to come in the middle of the night unannounced, mm-hmm. whatever. I don't carry it around. I don't feel the need to carry it to Starbucks because my dick isn't that small. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm not afraid Open of carry is to take crazy. my guns. I have a license. I, you know, right. like I, I go to the range, whatever. And, you know, I'm fine with it, which I feel like most people, even in a blue state, we're a blue state here in Colorado, but I think most people are just like, I don't give a shit if you have a gun in your dresser. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, that's not the issue. Yeah. And it's not the issue at all. I'm very pro uh, gun rights. Like, own a gun. Good. Do that. That is your right. But to say that there's like no, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Limitation on what kind or who can get them. Background the jokes are a total check. Like licensing and, and training and things well, listen, like that. We have to go through so much shit to get a driver's license in this country and most places. You have to take a written test and then you have to go do a bunch of bullshit that's annoying and then you have to pass the behind the wheel test. And we don't have any of that for gun ownership, uh, shouldn't we? And you have to carry insurance. You have to get recertified every single time, you know, every several years. You got to check your eyes. They do all kinds of stuff. Why should gun ownership be less regulated than, well, uteruses or driving licenses? Hello? Right. Well, and people were just like, well, you know, when 9-11 happened, we didn't outlaw the guns. It's like, yeah, we didn't. But we have all kinds of safety regulations in place. You got like oh, there's God, one one crazy person tried to put a bomb in his shoe and we got to take our shoes off, right? Ad nauseum for the rest of our lives trying to go through a security uh, line. Yeah, it changed everything. Yeah. Uh, why? Because we're trying to keep people safe. Do I like taking my shoes off? Not really, but you know, whatever. It Same is what with seatbelt laws. You know, I mean. Yeah. It's it is enforceable. It, you know, it, I just don't I don't understand. I don't understand. So anyway. I do not get it. Mm-mm. Um, but it just happens over and over and over. I mean, this last week has been, we've been shit hammered with this. Like we've barely caught our breath and it's like just a few days later, there's another one. It's insane. I don't, to be honest, I lost a lot of hope after Sandy hook. I'm like, if, if this country can look in the face of those seven year olds, six year olds mm-hmm. and do jack shit, mm-hmm. we're pretty much. Well, good. I mean, I, co- I go back to this. You know, certain people want to protect the babies, save the children, but no one's saving the children when they're getting fucking murdered in their school classrooms. Hello? 
Well, and they have drills like here. What here's yeah. what happens if there's an active shooter drill, but don't talk about anybody's two dads. <laughs> oh my god! Right? It's traumatizing. They're too young. Okay, but we have to like l- train them what to do if there's an active shooter. Stack your desk. Everybody get on the floor. Be quiet. Right. Shut off the lights. Barricade the door. Exactly. Yeah. What's more traumatizing? But Johnny's it's, two dads is just way too much. It is too much. It's way too much. <laughs> Insane. All right. Well. So I got a lot of shit from some of my like intellectual friends for my interest in the Depp Heard trial. I didn't actually watch the whole thing. I started watching like more than halfway through. So um, because I just was like me. But what happened is I discovered Emily D. Baker, who used to be a district attorney in Los Angeles. Anyway, she's fabulous. She has purple hair and she swears and um, she's amazing. So she, you know, would have the live stream up and she would be doing commentary the whole time. So I feel like I've gotten kind of like a little mini law school situation happening, which is why I'm officially a law bitch now, too. Um I mean, honestly, I think it was a great distraction for me, Um, but it also was very educational about the legal system, and it is interesting if you're going to talk about domestic violence, um, it's an interesting case. So um, I'm seeing a lot of interesting comments on social media about this. some some outlets or individuals are saying that this sends a terrible message to domestic violence victims, but I disagree. I think what is happening is people are recognizing that men can be victims of domestic violence. And if we're going to be good feminists, I don't think we can just out of hand say, We have to always believe the women and only the women because then we're no better than the good old boys and the patriarchy. And that's not what this movement needs, the feminist movement. The the feminist movement needs inclusion and compassion. And I think if you're going to, you know, try to move things forward, we have to do better than people have done before. So, I mean... Here's my hot take. Not that anybody gives a shit. They both were abusive. It was an incredibly toxic relationship. But what was at the the core of the argument was, did she defame him? And the jury found that, yes, she did to the tune of $15 million. But then they also found that he defamed her in a, in a different article that was published to the tune of $2 million. Um, you know, because her earning potential, so he was suing her for fifty million in defamation, and she countersued him for a hundred million for defamation. Well, her forensic accounting expert witness people couldn't even get up to like four million with the math and the the salary comps and this and that. So I don't know where they pulled a hundred million. I mean, I maybe for like a dramatic effect, but I feel like they overshot the dramatic effect on that. It was ridiculous. If he sued her for 50, I feel like she should have sued for, you know, 10 or 20, 25, make it half of his, you know, not double his is weird. Anyway, um, it was very interesting. A lot of people who watched this, this is the only 
the only inside look that a lot of people are going to get of our legal system and how it works and why, you know, it works or doesn't work. Um, And I think that's important. So I don't know for the people who are intellectually superior to me and think I'm stupid for being interested. (laughs) (laughs) She had, I mean, I saw, you know, small parts of it and I saw some reports and I feel like two things hurt her. First of all, she got caught lying. Yeah, she did. Well, multiple and times. Her, yeah, her, she got caught lying multiple times, which hurts her case. I'm not saying it doesn't it mean she lied about everything, but she did get caught lying about a few different things, which definitely hurt her case. And her lawyer wasn't the best, honestly, you know? Right. I mean, so, you know, like I said, I, they, like you said, they're both toxic and it was both kind of gross, but... Um, you know, Johnny does have the biggest name. Actually, this is kind of an aside, but I sat next to a lady on a plane this past weekend. I did, I did a short local flight, like an hour long flight. And I met, actually met this lady who was like, she was like in her eighties, looked great, great spirit, whatever. And she was telling me about her life basically in Wake Forest. She was there as her husband got a professorship. She was there during like the civil rights Mm -hmm. time. But she started an organization, which I'm blanking on the name now, which annoys me, but they would basically go to the, it happened because somebody in her neighborhood, a young boy in her neighborhood got hit by a drunk driver. That drunk driver was a 16 year old kid who was drunk 10 o'clock in the morning and ended up getting dismissed because he was on the same soccer team as a judge, a DA, you know, like. He was like a wealthier kid. So he didn't, they didn't want anything on his record because he was a good kid. You know how they would say that? Oh God, yeah. His potential. His potential. Yeah. So they would basically, they were like basically watchdogs for the court. Like back long before, you know, court TV and whatever. They'd go and sit there and, you know, they'd make notes. If there was a dependent defendant that they were trying to force to plea out because he was, um, you know, impoverished. And they were trying to make him take a plea because it's like, well, we can't mess, we can't waste time with you. Yeah. Um, you know, just plea out. They're just, and they're like, no jail time, no jail time. And some not, you know, they're a single parent, they're a single breadwinner. So, you know, they'd plea out thinking, okay, well, at least I'm going to stay out of jail. But then now they've got a record. Mm-hmm. And so now they can't get a loan. Now they can't get a job. Now they can't get a this and that and the other thing, you know. And so, but I feel like that sort of applies here that Johnny's just a much bigger name, a much more popular guy. Everybody's, you know, like heartthrob Johnny. And then, yeah. You know, I feel like he got away. He's getting away with more. He was just as toxic, if you ask me. And he had a better Um, lawyer. He could afford a better lawyer, I guess. Well, I mean, I don't know if he definitely had a better lawyer, a better legal team overall. But um, I don't I don't know. I, I don't necessarily think he was more toxic. I think he had an abusive childhood and was is just sort of naturally a more passive person who obviously had a drinking and substance problem and would lash out and be a dick but um I feel like she was worse so I don't know that's just my take worse but they're they were both they were both toxic let's put it that way I don't know who who was but she she accused him of raping her with a bottle But she has zero medical records for her supposed broken nose for any of these multiple accusations of abuse or for being raped with a bottle. Not a single doctor 
record, nothing. So I just feel like the allegations that she leveled at him were a lot heavier than vice versa. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and it is, you know, it's kind of a weird situation as a feminist, but I just, it, it, she's just so, ugh. anyway. All right, <laughs> let's talk about somebody inspirational instead, shall we? Let's do it. Um, so today, Bitch Tree Lesson number 24 is about the badass Eleanor Roosevelt, who put the T in LGBTQ. <laughs> I'm really pleased with that, by the way. <laughs> um, it's Pride Month, y'all. Yes. Oh, it is. It's Pride Month. And so... Yep. Um, yeah. So Eleanor Roosevelt, of course, was the wife of, um, Hen- Franklin. I get all the names con- confused, <laughs> all the Roosevelt names confused. Franklin Roosevelt. Um, but there's this whole other story. And so, like, even if, even a quick Google, unless you Google for certain words, this info doesn't really readily come up, even still. So, um, yeah, so there was an alleged quote unquote affair, which I don't really feel like was alleged. Um, this is the the Goodreads description of a book written about Eleanor Roosevelt and her first friend, quote unquote, Lorena Hickok. Um, okay. Oh, based on the truth, the, quote, sensuous, captivating account of a forbidden love affair between two women, Eleanor Roosevelt and her first friend, Lorena Hickok. Lorena Hickok meets Eleanor Roosevelt in 1932 while reporting on Franklin Roosevelt's first presidential campaign. Having grown up worse than poor in South Dakota and reinventing reinvented herself as the most prominent prominent, sorry, woman reporter in America, Hick, as she's known to her friends and admirers, is not quite instantly charmed by the idealistic patrician Eleanor. But then, as her connection with the future First Lady deepens into intimacy, what begins as a powerful passion matures into lasting love and a life that Hick never expected to have. She moves into the White House, where her status as first friend is an open secret, as are FDR's own lovers. After she takes a job in the Roosevelt administration, promoting and protecting both Roosevelts, she comes to know Franklin not only as a great president, but as a complicated rival and an irresistible friend, capable of changing lives even after his death. Through it all, even as Hicks' bond with Eleanor is tested by forces both extraordinary and common, as she grows as a woman and a writer, she never loses sight of the love of her life. From Washington, D.C. to Hyde Park, from a little... White House on Long Island to an apartment on Manhattan's Washington Square, Amy Bloom's new novel moves elegantly through fascinating places and times written in compelling prose and with emotional depth, wit, and acuity. Um, one of the <laughs> one of the articles that we have refers to this book as um, let me see if I can find it really quick. Of course, I won't be able to because that's ridiculous. <laughs> Oh, damn it. It said that this book branched out into fiction. And I was like, um, I don't really think any of that is fiction. <laughs> so they have, they have like well over a hundred letters that. Yeah. Yeah. 
But so. I don't know. Straight people, no offense, but wake the fuck up. Right. <laughs> a lot of times where, I mean, there's been a lot of times where I've read articles like, you know how there's like, um, what's the mom group? A million moms. Yeah, I don't know. Or as I like to call them, 10,000 moms that made out with a girl in college and never got over it. Uh-huh. They um, were, you know, they're always head up about Disney because, like, Disney for the first time had a gay character. I'm like, the first time? Are you oh, kidding God. me? Have you seen any Disney movies? Like, literally any? There's a gay character in every single one. Yep. Um, but, yeah. But, yeah, straight people are a little... Um, Kelly and I were talking a little bit about... Um, the reason why we started doing, thought about doing this show is because there is Showtime, right? Showtime is doing a show. Yes. Called them. First but Lady. There's, there's another show on um, Apple TV that's about Emily Dickinson and Sue, who was her neighbor and also, you know, longtime love. But there's plenty of people who are just like, they were just friends. But as in this case, there was, you know, more than, there was hundreds of letters between the two of them that were found after, you know, they died. Right. Right. And in one of them, Emily wrote, you know, when your letter came today, I tore it open and licked the seal, you know, hoping to find a trace of you there. And we're straight people are like, they're just best friends. That's so, so cute. cute. Yeah. Oh, my They're God. That's ridiculous. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. Wake up, straight people. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't go licking after things that my <laughs> my friends have licked. Oh yes. my god, that's hysterical. Anyway, yeah. So we we think Eleanor is awesome. I mean, we 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 picked this for Pride Month, but also because um, you know we talk about badass bitches on here, and there ain't no bitch better than Eleanor. Um, Seriously, she was one of the first first ladies to not only just be in charge of picking out the White House china. Which she wasn't yeah. into at all. She really just—I'm sorry She's to interrupt. Like gross. Just she whatever just we have are fine. She had very simple taste. She liked, um, uh, what's that style of furniture? Like shaker type furniture. She just really wasn't into this. Your job is to make the whole White House your own and just make it beautiful. She was like, Ugh. like she just wasn't into it. They like so. pick curtains. She's like, no. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Way too busy. Um, But she, when they, you know, got into office, what Franklin got in office, really, he, you know, it was like after World War II, and the world, rightly so, was feeling a little bit guilty about how really the entire world failed. Mm -hmm. 16 million people that died in the Holocaust, including, you know, the 7 million Jews. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, and, and there's no excuse, no, you know, so they, they're just, the only thing they could do is really just say, say like, um, we're going to try to do better next time. And from that movement came uh, the formation of the United Nations, basically to try to deal with, and there were a lot of refugees displaced by World War II, hundreds of thousands, if not millions, displaced. So, you know, to, and to try to deal with this refugee crisis better and not sort of leave you know, leave them hanging like they did, unfortunately, the people that died in the Holocaust, um, they started the UN. And it was sort of under the direction of um, Eleanor Roosevelt, who she asked if she could, she asked her husband if she could be involved in this committee. And she, quote unquote, asked him if she could show up unannounced. And he, you know, let her, but she ended up, you know, kind of really directing this committee, um, trying to get the UN started. And one of the first things that the UN did was, 
um, they wrote a Universal Declaration of Human Rights, which unfortunately <laughs> I feel like we're not still doing today. Seriously. Uh, but I'm going to read this quote from her. Um, she, she made a speech to the Commission on Human Rights. And I thought this quote was pretty good. And she said, where, after all, do universal human rights begin? In small places, close to home, so close and so small that they cannot be seen on any maps of the world. Yet they are the world of the individual person, the neighborhood he lives in, in the school or college he attends, the factory, farm, or office where he works. Such are the places where every man, woman, and child seeks equal justice, equal opportunity, and equal dignity without discrimination. Unless these rights have meaning there, they have little meaning anywhere. Without concerted citizen action to uphold them close to home, we shall look in vain for progress in the larger world. Still true today. Yep. So they came up with a summary of 30 articles of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. So we're going to go through them really quick. All right. Um, you want me to go first or you go? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Article number one, we're all born free. We all have our own thoughts and ideas, and we should all be treated the same way. Two, the rights in the Universal Declaration of Human Rights belong to everyone, no matter who we are, where we're from, or whatever we believe. Article three, we all have the right to life and to live in freedom and safety. Four, no one should be held as a slave, and no one has the right to treat anyone else as their slave. No one has the right to inflict torture or to subject anyone else to cruel or inhumane treatment. We should all have the same level of legal protection, whoever we are and wherever we are, wherever in the world we are. The law is the same for everyone and must treat us all equally. We should all have the right to legal support if we are treated unfairly. Nobody should be arrested, put in prison or sent away from our country unless there's good reason to do so. Everyone accused of a crime has the right to a fair and public trial, and those that try us should be independent and not influenced by others. Everyone accused of a crime has the right to be considered innocent until they have fairly been proven to be guilty. Nobody has the right to enter our home, open our mail, or intrude on our families without good reason. We also have the right to be protected if someone tries to unfairly damage our reputation. We all have the right to move freely within our country and to visit and leave other countries when we wish. If we are at risk of harm, we have the right to go to another country to seek protection. We all have the right to be a citizen of a country and nobody should prevent us without good reason from being a citizen of another country if we wish. We should have the right to marry and have a family as soon as we're legally old enough. Our ethnicity, nationality, and religion should not stop us from being able to do this. Men and women have the same rights when they are married and also when they're separated. We should never be forced to marry. The government has a responsibility to protect us and our family. Everyone has the right to own property and no one has the right to take this away from us without fair reason. Everyone has the freedom to think or believe what they want, including the right to religious belief. We have the right to change our beliefs or religion at any time, and the right to publicly or privately practice our chosen religion alone or with others. Everyone has a right to their own opinions and to be able to express them freely. We should have the right to share our ideas and who we want with who we want and in whichever way we choose. We should all have the right to form groups and organize peaceful meetings. Nobody should be forced to belong to a group if they don't want to. We all have the right to take part in our country's political affairs, either by freely choosing politicians to represent us or by belonging to the government ourselves. 
government should be voted for by the public on a regular basis and every person's individual vote should be secret. Every individual vote should be worth the same. The society we live in should help every person develop to their best ability through access to work, involvement in cultural activity, and the right to social welfare. Every person in society should have the freedom to develop their personality with the support of the resources available in that country. We all have the right to employment, to be free to choose our work, and to be paid a fair salary that allows us to live and support our family. Everyone who does the same work should have the same have the right to equal pay without discrimination. We have the right to come together and form trade union groups and defend our interests as workers. Everyone has the right to rest and leisure time. There should be limits on working hours and people should be able to take holidays with pay. We all have the right to enough food, clothing, housing, and health care for ourselves and our families. We should have access to support if we are out of work, ill, elderly, disabled, widowed, or can't earn a living for reasons outside of our control. An expectant mother and her baby should both receive extra care and support. All children should have the same rights when they are born. Everyone has the right to education. Primary schooling should be free. We should all be able to continue our studies as far as we wish. At school, we should be helped to develop our talents and be taught an understanding and respect for everyone's human rights. We should also be taught to get on with others, whatever their ethnicity, religion, or country they come from. Our parents have the right to choose what kind of school we go to. We all have the right to get involved in our community's arts, music, literature, sciences, and the benefits they bring. If we are an artist, a musician, a writer, or a scientist, our work should be protected and we should be able to get benefit from them. We all have the right to live in a peaceful and orderly society so that these rights and freedoms can be protected and these rights can be enjoyed in all other countries around the world. We all have duties to the community we live in that should allow us to develop as fully as possible. The law should guarantee human rights and should allow everyone to enjoy the same mutual respect. No government, group, or individual should act in a way that would destroy the rights and freedoms of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Well, that's hey, depressing. that was 45. We should have been working on this the whole freaking time. Instead, I mean, we're still talking about pretty much 29 out of the 30. I feel like we've slipped a little, little, little bit of backsliding, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, we haven't done great. We have not. But, but yeah. Eleanor, she's a badass. I was just about to, we both almost said the same thing, but Eleanor <laughs> did do great. Um, she did. She, she was one of the most um, active and, what is the word, opinionated <laughs> first ladies um, up to that point. And even after her, they were meek and mild again until the 70s when um, Ford was in office. Betty Ford was um, pretty badass too. Mm. in her own way she was well and Eleanor she made it a point also to talk to young girls she'd go mm -hmm. into schools and talk to young girls and just let them know like hey you've got choices your only choice isn't to get married and spit out kids like there's, yeah. you can go to school if you want to you can be a scientist if you want to you can be an artist or you can be a mom if you want to but that's not your only choice or you can be a mom and do some of these other things as well right yeah, she, um, she, okay, so where do you want to go? Do you want to do the political part of it or the relationship side of things? 
Well, that's, I mean, the political part is basically that. So okay. let's talk about dykishness. Exciting. The tea. So let's yes. fill the tea. So um, she wasn't fussy. She had um, a difficult mother-in-law. Um, Franklin's mother, Sarah, was n- not easy to get along <laughs> with. Um, anyone who's had a difficult mother-in-law, you know, it sucks. Um, and they had what seemed to be a pretty good relationship um even when he became paralyzed you know he continued to run for office he served four terms is he the reason we have a two term limit um yeah and then i think there's he's also the reason why you couldn't skip cuz i think before you could only you could only do two terms in a row and then you could skip one and run again oh okay so I think that's why they did that. He did he have polio? He had polio, right? Well, I thought it was polio, but when I was reading Wikipedia, it just referred to it as a paralytic illness. And I was like, why aren't they just calling it polio? Because I believe it was polio. All right. Um, I, could, I could be wrong. I'm, no, I think you're right. Um, but anyway, he required a lot of care. And so Eleanor cared for him. And of course, they were wealthy families, both of them. So from wealthy families, both of them. So... Um, you know, they didn't lack for resources per se. So his political career is on the rise and, you know, she's right there by his side. And I think that there was some controversy about him being in a wheelchair and him, you know, the perception of that at the time. I I mean, both of them were pretty groundbreaking when, when it (laughs) comes right down to it, really, um, breaking societal paradigms in their own ways. Um, so I, I believe it, I, I could be wrong, but I believe I read at some point that politically um, it was a weakness to be seen in a wheelchair as he was. And I do think that his political rivals used that against him, which you couldn't now, of course, but um, it didn't stop him obviously. And so he just, kept serving in political offices and she was very intellectual, very driven, just not your typical wifey poo. And he didn't mind. He, I think respected and admired her. Um, and things I think were okay between them, but she, Eleanor found some letters written between he and his secretary, whose name I can't remember at the moment. Um, and so she was just heartbroken, as a woman is, when she finds out such a thing. And after that, she just sort of decided, I'm just going to fucking be happy. So they stayed together. She never would, you know, make an open break with him. But it became clear to him that Hick and she were more than just friends. In fact, I think... I believe that um, who was the head of the FBI? The the name that we all know, um, Hoover. Maybe oh, I can't remember. Uh, I know who you mean. Hang on, I'll look up. That guy um, had a picture of Hick and Eleanor going in some place. It was just a picture of them together. They weren't like making out or anything. This was the '30s. Yeah. Homosexuality was not. Uh, an okay thing 
you just that was just not yeah. something yeah. that was the kind of shit they sent you away to like the institution for and you'd get shock therapy or whatever like it just wasn't societally accepted at all <laughs> so after he confronted her um you know then they were kind of on equal footing and she, I, I believe she said you know I don't want to have an open break. It will hurt us both. But can you just let me have this? And he agreed. And so she did. And they set up a room in the White House for Hick that had an adjoining door to Eleanor's personal suite. Because, you know, men and women didn't sleep together back then. They had their own rooms. Um which still is so weird to me. Um, so Eleanor and Hick had these adjoining rooms with this, you know, little secret door and it was kind of an open secret. Um, and it went on that way. Um, well, and Hick, like Hick, she was there to write, she was supposed to be writing a book, wasn't she? She was supposed to be writing a, a book about their presidency, really. Oh, yeah. So that Correct. was, I don't know if she was actually writing a book or if that was just the cover story of why she had to be living in the White House. Mm-hmm. Well, then he he hired her. So they they had become, you know, friends, like the three of them. He hired her to cover something for the administration. So she, she was like the reporter for his administration. And, and right. so he said to Eleanor at some point, I have this position for her. I will, you know, you guys can do your thing, just be discreet. Um, but she is going to have to travel and be away. Are you going to be okay with that? And, you know, so they, they had this amicable arrangement. Um, interestingly, we can get into like the, some of the letters that they wrote back and forth in a second, but interestingly, when, Eleanor, so Franklin died in I don't know what year, and um, Eleanor kind of went on. Um, Then Eleanor died. No, sorry. Franklin died, and Eleanor found out that the daughter had known that the father had been continuing to carry on his relationship, I believe with the same secretary that he got busted with in the beginning. So the daughter knew and kept it a secret. So the the poor daughter was keeping everybody's secrets is what I'm saying. (laughs) Um, So Eleanor felt really heartbroken about that, especially that her daughter kept it from her. Um, Eleanor died. Lorena lived for another five years and wasn't able to even attend Eleanor's funeral. And then the last line of this one article says, after the once respected journalist died in 1968, Lorena was cremated. Her ashes were left on the shelf of a funeral home for 20 years. Because <laughs> she didn't really have anybody except Eleanor. Right. Well, I mean, they were like, quote unquote, together for a very long time. I mean, because they, they were even together before you know, he got into office. Cause I guess that like one of the stories was that at, at one point Hick, as they called her, gave Eleanor a Sapphire ring. Uh-huh. And she was actually wearing that at the inauguration. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. There's, uh, I don't know if you were going to talk about the letter, the, the letters that, 
There's some quotes here on this. Are you on the new now next? Um, where am I? Probably. There's a few. There's like five or six quotes there from that are from letters, and it's like, okay, if you still if you can read these quotes and still think they. Oh right, <laughs> yeah. A question about they may still be friends. I'm not sure what to say. About yeah, that. these are some of the same ones that are in the other article I was looking at. You want to? Which one um, do you want? I don't care which one. I you was going to say, you be Eleanor, I'll be Hick. <laughs> okay. Am I on new now next or am I on your other? New now next. Okay. Uh, my pictures are nearly all up and I have you in my sitting room where I can look at you most of my waking hours. I can't kiss you, so I kiss your picture good night and good morning. Dearest, it was a lovely weekend. I shall have it to think about for a long, long time. Each time we have together that way brings us closer, doesn't it? Gee, what I wouldn't give to talk to you and hear you now, oh dear one. This is all the little things. The tones in your voice, the feels of your hair, gestures. These are all the things I think about and long for. Oh, damn it. I wish I could be there with... Wait, I wish I could be there when you feel as you did Sunday night and take you in my arms and hold you close. Well, I'll try to make you happy every minute while I'm there in May. I know I've got to stick. I know I'll never make an open break and never tell FDR how I feel. That seems friendly, doesn't it? <laughs> well, those were a little tame. Those are tamer than the ones that I was going to read. Um Okay, yeah. I mean, they, they burned hundreds of letters. And so, but I right. mean, steamy ones that existed, I can't even imagine which are the ones that they burned, but. Oh, no kidding. Hick, dear, I found two letters in a road map today. And did I devour them? I forget to write you. I forgot to write you that after 10.30 a.m. on December 15th, I will be free to meet you and I will have nothing to do. So come as early as you can. Why don't we, if the weather is nice, take our lunch and go off each day to neighboring places? Well, that was a boring one. Never mind. Um, <laughs> which article is that? <laughs> this is the muscle and fitness one, which is an interesting article to have in muscle and fitness. I thought uh, that too. There. I was like, muscle and fitness. <laughs> oh, here we go. This is a good one. Okay. Tonight, it's one more day nearer you. Only, tw only eight more days. 24 hours from now, it will be just seven more. Most clearly, I remember your eyes with a kind of teasing smile in them and that feeling of that soft spot just northeast of the corner of your mouth against my lips. Yeah, they're just friends. Fine. Just friends. Oh. Yeah, see. there was lots of talk about kissing and touching and holding each other, and it definitely was more than friendship. So, um, yeah. I mean, pretty groundbreaking, the arrangement that they all had. I don't know. I mean, who's to say if they were happy or unhappy, but, um, you know, the, the Roosevelt terms were, um, pretty juicy and full of tea. I'm sure there was a lot of people keeping a lot of secrets in that white house. Oh yeah. yeah obviously. <laughs> there was a lot of NDAs going on. Right. Um, but also, I mean, Eleanor had, she was, I, see, I've never thought, um, Amelia Earhart was completely straight. Oh God! Even though she was married, and she, you know, she had, you know, but I think that's just sort of what people did back then. But apparently, uh -huh. her and Eleanor were pretty close. Like she even, uh, Eleanor got her pilot's permit to try to learn how to. So she started. She didn't actually finish through to become a pilot, but she did take some lessons from Amelia. Yeah, flying lessons. I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, and she uh, and Eleanor also had an affair with, I think it was a police sergeant, Earl, somebody, uh, a, a man. So I don't know. I think they, I think they just did their thing. Well, there was another man that she was supposedly in love with at the end of her life, David something. Um, I'm not familiar with that story. This article says the romance between Roosevelt and Hickok was believed to have died down after 1938, but they stayed in correspondence until the first lady's death in 1962. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I don't know. I feel like, um, and I think Lorena Hickok, she, she had, she was kind of a player too, a little bit. Like, I think she had other women too. So yeah. I don't know. I feel like nobody they couldn't have openly have a committed relationship, so I feel like everybody's just sort of doing their own. Agreed. Yeah, I think everybody kind of had an open agreement. Um, another book that is about their relationship and just about this, you know, um, administration in general. It's supposed to be pretty good. I have not read it, but it's it's called In the Dream House. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's supposed to be about that. I haven't read it, but I've heard it's a good good book. Hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. I didn't know this. I mean, I'm no history buff. Did you know all this? Uh, only because, you know, gay. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like whatever whatever class you have to take before you come out. <laughs> These are your important lesbian role models. Women with sensitive, sensible shoes. <laughs> <laughs> How to spot your allies. Um, that's funny. Yeah, so I think it still is not one of those things that is a widely known fact. I can't get over the time period that it happened because, again, this was the 30s and 40s. This was a big deal. So even in the White House where people were keeping their secrets for them, this particular one would have really caused some heads to spin. And I did see in this article the media was helping him keep concealed that he was in a wheelchair which you can't imagine that happening now like first of all the media helping anybody do anything but also um (laughs) being able to conceal anything really um so yeah the, well, it was, and I'm sure the staff in the White House is like that's the least of the exactly <laughs> exactly and I mean can you imagine the staff would have to have like meetings in the morning and be like okay does he know this does she know that who knows what <laughs> who are we keeping this secret from oh, like yeah. color-coded notes or something well and there's probably only certain staff allowed upstairs you know oh, I'm like sure. oh, I'm gonna take this teapot up I'll take it so <laughs> Um, but yeah, still some people are just like, oh, you know, they're just friends. Okay. But I mean, did you see, um, Ammonite? Mm-hmm. It's Kate Winslet and, um, Saoirse Ronan. Mm-hmm. We've talked about just talking about Mary Anning on this show before. She was a paleontologist and she, um, you know, like in the 1700s, she discovered the first plesiosaur. She was a young girl. She was, I think she was barely a teenager when she discovered it. She discovered the first plesiosaur, which for a long time, whoever bought the plesiosaur put his name on it, naturally. So huh. we didn't know. But um, in the movie, um, she has a love affair with Saoirse Ronan. And so many articles came out. They're just like, there's no evidence that they were lovers even though, you know, they live together or whatever. But it, it occurred to me that if the whole story went that, because Saoirse was married, Saoirse, Saoirse had a husband, and um, 
you know, Kate Winslet and Saoirse got together. But if the story, the movie would have been that, um, you know, Kate got together with the husband, everyone mm-hmm. would have been like, oh, okay, that's what, you know, that could have happened. But since it was the woman, people were like, there's no evidence that they ever <laughs> lovers. Like, all right, people, crazy, whatever. They were just <sighs> looking for fossils, I'm sure. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so I guess when Hick passed in 1968, she left their letters to the U.S. National Archive to be released 10 years after her death. That's why they have the letters. So also the city that they lived in where the Roosevelt's cottage was called Val Kill. I'm like, who named this city? What the hell is this city named Val Kill? How do you say that with a straight face over breakfast? Are we going to Val Kill this weekend, darling? <laughs> just sounds weird. Uh, oh, goodness. Sure there's a story behind it. But anyway, well, watch the show, read the books. Yeah, the show First Lady is really, really good. It covers Betty Ford, Eleanor Roosevelt, um, Michelle Obama, and am I missing any? I want to say Vi- it's just those three. Viola Davis plays Michelle Obama, right? I haven't watched Yes, it. it's Love really her. good. There's really only a couple places where I'm like, oh, that's Viola. Because <laughs> she really, she pulls off the Michelle Obama. I mean, there's this, this, tightness to the lips that you can tell is like the main the main michellifying thing that she does um but man it's you forget who you're watching michelle pfeiffer plays betty ford um okay i mean and she's prettier than betty ford was but (laughs) betty ford was a real kick too um she definitely kind of set some first lady rules on fire when she was in the role as well. So we'll talk about her at some point. Yeah. So I think that about wraps it up. Yeah. That's it. That's it for this episode. We hope you've enjoyed this bit story lesson more than you enjoyed high school history. Please mm-hmm. share this podcast with your friends so that they too can have gleaming intellect. Gleaming intellect. <laughs> and also perhaps be inspired. We appreciate your glowing reviews, glowing, gleaming. Uh, we can fo- you can follow us on Instagram at bitchstory.pod and say hi to us at heybitches at bitchstory.net. My kids are down the hall and they're probably like, why is mom screaming the word gleaming? Remember to always check the show notes for cool info and links. Please vote in your local election and hold your local reps accountable for their stances on, well, whatever you feel is important, but gun control and abortion, if those are your passions as they are ours, it's more important than we ever really knew. So get on it. Um, join us again next time for an exciting episode about badass women gleaming, no, doing amazing things since forever. And remember, well-behaved women seldom make history. So have a great week and go make bitchery. Bye-bye. Bye, bitches.